a counselor, a coach, and a spiritual director walk into a bar. What comes next is either the greatest punchline of all time or a conversational cocktail that could change your life forever. Jake, Liz, and John are offering you a unique three-way perspective on common mental, emotional, and spiritual struggles. Only you know which perspective you need the most. So grab your favorite beverage, listen in, and decide who you're going to call. Hello, and welcome back to Who You Gonna Call. My name's Jacob Kinkalix. I will be your facilitator or host today, uh, along with my uh, partners in crime, John and Liz. Um, today, we're going to be talking a little bit about resistance to change, although the willingness to want to change, um, and diving into some of that. Um, but before we do, what are you guys drinking? Go ahead, Liz. I... I am I am dragging out Christmas because there was a leftover candy cane. So I'm having homemade hot chocolate with nothing fancy in it aside from cinnamon. So, so tell me about homemade hot chocolate. What do you mean by homemade hot chocolate? For me, homemade hot chocolate is uh, milk and some cocoa powder and sugar and a really good dollop of cinnamon. Sometimes I put vanilla extract in there, but I didn't this time. Because I wanted the peppermint to shine. Mm. So, yeah. and a, Oh, and a hit of salt. Whoa. Hit oh, of salt. interesting. Salt. I guess For that good would luck elevate the something. flavors. <laughs> <laughs> salt elevates sugar. Like, it, it really kind of makes it come alive from my perspective. <laughs> it's sort of like... Uh, sort of like heat in chocolate mm, uh-huh. for me. I put cayenne in almost all of my brownies and chocolate cakes oh, and it just makes the chocolate pop. Just, so, just ruin it. <laughs> How could you? Oh yeah. All of, all of my, because of uh, Mexican hot chocolate cookies, oh, me, uh-huh. um, Mexican hot chocolate cookies have cinnamon and cayenne in mm. them. And the first time I tried it, I was like, what the what? This is a whole new version. Yeah. And it just kind of livens up everything in your mouth. And I'm like, yeah, this is, so now it's everything. All the, and my kids love it. Their chocolate cakes for their birthdays all have cinnamon oh, wow. and cayenne in them. So. Wow. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah. John, what are you drinking? I have a hot toddy. I've had some, uh, some Ooh. sinus things going on lately mm. and something, you know, very medicinal about lemon juice and honey and a bit of high power bourbon with some hot water to <laughs> cleanse things and all of that, all that goodness. <laughs> what and it tastes nice. Love it. Uh, hundred proof. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Well, if you're awesome. going to water it down to what normal other stuff is, you know, got to start with higher proof. <laughs> <laughs> then why have the higher proof if you were going to just, huh? <laughs> I'm not sure I follow your logic. <laughs> you have the higher proof. So when you water it down, it's not too watered down. It's still, it retains its potency or some of its I potency. See. But if you start with regular, okay. like 80 proof, and then you water it down, now you're getting to like 20 proof. And that's but just why. Like, but then if you just had the 80 proof and didn't water it down. Well, there's other properties of the honey and the lemon and the hot water I that see. you're trying to combine into like this wonderful, beautifulness. Uh, okay. So. Okay. Now I am. Yeah, okay. nice. I'm good now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, bartender. <laughs> anytime. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and what's in your mug, Jake? I uh, it's the it's the cowboy the cowboy look. I'm going with the the black coffee, um, because why not? That and my water. I'm hitting a getting sick, so I'm like, well, maybe oh, if I drink no. some water, I'll avoid it. 
So we'll see. There you, go. you know, <laughs> Albert, uh, I'm the only one in my family right now who is not sick. And Albert says it's because I drink alcohol. <laughs> That's why I have he hot toddies. <laughs> I'm just saying I've avoided a few things. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Very good. Awesome. So <sighs> resistance. So let me start off with this. And I want to propose in this way and put it on the table for all three of us to talk about. Many, many times I see clients who come in to session. Um, it's like one of two sessions after our session where we talk about goals. So there's already an orientation of where we want to go. Um, there's already an orientation of like how we're going to go and do it. Um, and depending on what that is, they may come in with a lot of anxiety about the reality that now they have to get to work. Um, and that causes a lot of resistance. And again, I want to hear all three of us talk about what that actually means for our clients as to like, what is resistance. Um, but yeah, just kind of throwing that out there, the three of us on the table as a counselor, coach, and spiritual director, what is resistance? How, do, how does resistance mm. look like in our sessions? Um, and how do you as the professional um, help your clients through that knowing that they do want the change. So Liz, we're going to throw it to you. Mm. Ooh, thanks. Give me two <laughs> seconds to think. <laughs> and now. Uh, now. Uh, yeah, you know, this is a fun question because I see resistance in different ways. Uh, sometimes it comes out mm, almost as a very pretty hmm. reason uh, why they shouldn't change. I remember one time coaching someone on her husband and she was getting very uh, frustrated with him for not changing. And she was using kind of stereotypical wife tactics, talking to him about it, getting frustrated with him, maybe having some arguments or whatnot. And we we're talking about that. And with his personality type, what I knew about it was that actually it would respond really well to a lot of praise. A lot of praise was what was going to propel him forward to the next step. Uh, in, a, in the temperament's language, he was phlegmatic. And the phlegmatic really responds well to praise and to celebrating little wins. So I suggested that to her. I said, what if you tried this? I said, it's something you haven't tried. You know, you've tried talking to him about it. You've gotten frustrated. He's seen you emotional about it. What if you just praised the little tiny wins he's had in this area and see if that helps propel him forward? And her reason to not do it was because she didn't want to treat him like a child. Hmm. And that sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. That sounds so respectful. Mm. Like, absolutely, you don't want to treat your husband like a child. Mm -hmm. And I teasingly argued, well, that's the only thing you haven't tried. Let's just try it. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but the other thing was that, yes, there's a way to do that that sounds like you're patting him on the head and that sounds very condescending. But there's a way to really value mm. that you saw progress. You know, I think a lot of the time, especially in marriage, we think, well, I talked to him three times or I talked to her three times. So now she should just know, right? Like now she should just know. And Dr. Popchak talks about once you make a request of your spouse, your job now is to be patient and to gently remind them of what they said they were going to change. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, uh, again, like in this particular case, her resistance came from a good place. She didn't want to be rude or to act like her husband's mother. Mm. But 
I wanted to help her see that, no, you can do this from a place of love. Mm -hmm. You can do this from a place of just pure encouragement and actually recognizing when he did, don't compliment him just to follow my idea. Like compliment him because you actually took a moment to look and say, I think I saw progress here this week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like, I'm like going to grab that. You know, I had another woman one time who said that she was real quick to jump on her husband when he was too, um, verbally maybe a little too uh, stern with the kids and but normally he wasn't normally he was really great and I said well do you compliment him when he's doing really great and she goes well no and I said right because it's an expectation but (laughs) if you were to compliment him in those moments if you were to catch him and be like wow you handled that beautifully I would not have handled that that Mm -hmm. well he's gonna he's gonna have that in the back of his head and he's going to keep acting that way because you recognized it and you praised him but so often Mm -hmm. You know, it's sort of like the, um, I tell my, I told my sister this one time about cobwebs in someone's house. You never notice when someone's house doesn't have cobwebs. You only notice when it does. Hmm. So you never walk into somebody's living room and go, this is such a cobwebless living room. Wow. <laughs> but if you happen to notice like this one big one draping from the ceiling, you'd be like, that is a huge cobweb. Yeah. Like that's what we do with people's flaws, right? We go like, Ooh, you got to fix that. But we don't praise them when they're doing well because we're like, well, that's just how you're supposed to behave. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's kind of a long drawn out version of this, but just that that's how I've seen resistance. I've seen it in, it actually hides itself in very pretty reasons. Mm. And sometimes you have to break open that reason a little bit and go, I'm going to make you uncomfortable here. And I'm going to ask you if that reason's actually as pretty as you think it is, mm-hmm. um, or if there's some potential for change here. Mm. So it almost sounds like this, uh, this client, um, mistook or misunderstood what you were telling, or like there was a, a filter through which they were hearing that. Absolutely. And the resistance was to that thing. I'm going to be belittling or making my, my husband sound like a child or treating them like a child. Right. Uh, and you had to kind of work around or work with that. So it's not, no, this is not in this way. There's a way to do this. That is not what you right. have come to mind or mm-hmm. what has come to your mind. Right. And that's a really good point. Like is your client's resistance or is your resistance coming from a place of misunderstanding? Does something mm-hmm. just need to be clarified? Because once you have that clarity, you might be like, oh, well, there goes my resistance. Now I can now I can move forward to the next step. And if it's not? <laughs> and if it's not what? It's not because they misunderstood. Well, uh, I think one of my favorite things to tell clients is you get to choose. Mm. JP2 used to say that to everybody who came into the confessional. You get to choose. And you have free will. I'm a coach. I'm not the boss of you. I can't control you. Mm. God doesn't even do that. So here's what we just talked about. Here's what you said you wanted to change. Here's what I suggested or what we came up with or what you even thought of. Cause that's really my job as a coach is to show you your mind and let you make decisions. So you came up with this plan and then you've decided you don't want to do it. You can choose that. Mm-hmm. You can choose to feel this way. You can choose to think this way. You can choose to act this way. Hmm. That, and that's totally your free will making decisions. And that's, yeah, again, that's, that's the ball is in your court. Mm. So I can't force you. Hmm. Yeah. For resistance, there's a I, there's a couple of things that are coming to mind. One is um, for spiritual direction. Sometimes a, a directee won't even know that they have resistance, but there will be a fruit in prayer that will yield with some digging that there is a resistance that has been undiscovered, and that's one Ooh. of the beauties of spiritual direction. Is okay, you had this intense dryness of prayer or prolonged dryness of prayer. Let's talk about what that absence of God or this like nothing's happening in prayer looks like. What is going on? Tell us, tell me a little bit more about 
when that's first started. What were you praying about? What were you praying with? And then that gives an opportunity to, to more, um, more precisely pinpoint where and from where that, that resistance maybe hasn't even been uh, exposed yet. Mm. Um, so it, it might be there's a decision that you're avoiding or you're avoiding talking with God about a certain thing um, and you either know it mm-hmm. and you're avoiding that particular path of prayer mm-hmm. or you are unaware of it. And right now we are uncovering it and bringing it into the light of the Holy Spirit. And now you can maybe move forward uh, with that. Mm. Um, so that resistance could be undiscovered. But if there is a, a discovered resistance, like uh, um, with uh, uh, what's coming to mind now is um, I've had directees talk about um uh, i'm trying to summarize this in a in a way um because sometimes the the conversation is longer than like here's the five minute blur (laughs) um they knew that there was a decision that they had received an answer to they had asked the lord you know here's here's where we want to be here's what i want to do um how are you with that the Lord invited a particular answer. It was not the answer they were expecting. Um, and so it was, but really, Lord, mm. but really, <laughs> was, I, I, I'm pretty sure you said this thing, but let me just dabble over <laughs> here in this thing mm-hmm. just to make sure I didn't miss any signs and wonders that you lay hidden over here. <laughs> like the resistance mm. comes from, I don't want to do that thing that I know I'm yeah. supposed to do. But then again, that, that leads to this, this experience of prayer, that experience of the spiritual life that leaves you lacking mm. because mm-hmm. God wants the fullness of life for us. And when we resist thing, when we resist his, his way, um, he allows us to kind of wallow in the fruits of that mm. dryness, mm. farness from God, anxiety, impatience, like, uh, and so as I might be with a directee, who's experienced this and they kind of recognize, well, you know, God said this thing, but fill in the blank excuse, Mm -hmm. (laughs) good excuse, bad excuse, just whatever it is. Okay. What was your experience of that? Mm. Uh, And usually, or at least those that that are, those cases that are coming to mind, there is a stark contrast as they're describing this uh, resistance to the Lord there is this impatience. There is this just yuckiness all mm. around that they experience in life and in their spiritual life. And when they talk about, you know, thinking back on that decision, whatever it was that they're resisting, there is a kind of peace, joy. And when it's in person or over a screen, you can see the difference too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so part of part of the role as a spiritual director is to kind of mirror that. Hey, just mm. to let you know you lit up or there was a sense of Aww. peace or whatever about you when you said fill in the blank thing that you know you're resisting. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, what was your experience of, of these two things? Mm-hmm. And then when usually they recognize, yeah, there's one thing that feels more right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, now you've experienced that. Now you've identified it. Which one would you rather have more of? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. Like, like, like you said, I'm not the one that says, okay, well now you have to do this or else. Right. right. It's, it's this invitation. Okay. You, you say you want to experience that, bring this before the Lord, bring that resistance before the Lord and ask for the grace, maybe to desire to do his will, even though it's, it may be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a lot even of just, through. 
one of the things that came to mind for me was my, my coach is a Catholic business coach and she was talking about how sometimes we ask the Lord what he wants as we're slowly putting our fingers in our ears, you know, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, she's like, it's like, okay, Lord, tell me everything you want. La, 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 <laughs> like, I don't, I don't actually want to hear, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but it's so funny because my own experience with my spiritual director has been that I'm surprisingly at peace as soon as he helps me see mm-hmm. what's been coming up, you know, because I can see it, but I can confuse it mm-hmm. so quickly because I'm mm-hmm. standing in the water. So I muddle yeah, them, yeah. you know, and he's got this bird's eye view and he goes, this happened in adoration. Like, you know, the answer. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as he points it out, there's always this like, Oh yeah. Even if I can see the mm-hmm. discomfort that's going to come with it, it's a discomfort that I can live with. It's almost never as scary or as, mm. as bad as you think it's going mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. You just have it built up in your head. But when you see, I'm reading, um, the read of God right now, uh, by Carol Hauslander. And she has this whole moment where she talks about the advent in our lives that sometimes we have this fiat moment where we say yes to God's will, like our lady did, but then nothing happens mm-hmm. because it's nine months of Christ growing in secret. Mm. And so <laughs> it's just dark and silent and Christ doesn't come to fruition in you right away. Mm. You know, yeah. there's this time. So you have this big dramatic yes and then nothing happens. And if you think about uh-huh. our lady's life, it was this big dramatic yes to be mother of God. And then mm-hmm. for 30 years, it's just normal mom stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my well, gosh. <laughs> and al- along with that Advent, um, I remember in, I think it was scripture, one of the scripture classes, uh, the professor talked about the second annunciation. Mm. Have you heard of, have Mm-mm. you heard of this? Nope. It's the moment in the temple when Simeon says, says, and a sword shall pierce your heart too. And he's giving his prophecy of what this, this child, Jesus is going to, what's going to happen to him and because of him, the world. Mm. And the professor was saying, this is a second annunciation because in the first annunciation, we just hear, you're going to be the mother of, of the savior, the son of God, son of David, everything. Yeah. But it's not, the whole picture isn't mm-hmm. given to her. Mm-hmm. There's this progression. And so that next progression we see in scripture after, you know, you know, nine months of, of that um, is at Simeon and Simeon saying, oh, there's going to be pain, suffering, mm. and it's going to pierce you too. Oof. And this was another moment for her to give a fiat. And she does it over wow. and over and over again. Um, oh my well, gosh, so. that what that makes me think of is, uh, sorry, going down a little tangent here then, is that I remember hearing that she has another fiat in Cana mm. because mm-hmm. when Christ says, how does your concern affect me, woman? Mm-hmm. My hour has not yet come. You know, yeah. I always read that as him being snarky to his mother, but you know, <laughs> as, as, it was, as it was finally explained to me, it was like he was giving her an out. He was saying, I don't have to start this yet. We don't have to do this yet. And she turned to the servers and said, do whatever he tells you. So that was her moment of again, accepting that pain and being like, I am ready for Mm. you to love these people, Mm. which is like, it makes that moment so much more powerful because I can like, you can feel them lock eyes Mm -hmm. and him going, you don't have to hurt yet. And her choosing it for us. Like, yeah, uh, that's, that's a great, Example for us from scripture too of any of any of our fields when we're working with someone there is that initial yes yeah. and then there's going to be another yes and another yeah. yes it's not just like one yes and like oh I'm done yeah. I'm good to go it is and there's going to be resistance with every yes there's yep. going to be resistance with every single yes but the other thing sort of going back to what we talked about in our last episode is that you can keep rechoosing 
So if even mm-hmm. if you miss one of the yeses, you can choose another yes later yep. and go, you know what? Fine. I'll go back. Fine. Yeah. I know I said no that last time. I'm going to say yes again. Yeah. So yeah. there's always yeah. hope for it to move forward. Ah, yeah. So cool. I'm, I'm yeah. wondering, John, in your description of the experience of resistance and in, in spirit of direction, you tell them, okay, look, you do this. There's going to be a lot of peace. I mean, God, who's all good, all powerful, knows what's best for you, um, and he loves you uh, beyond what you can imagine. So, hey, you know what? Listen to him, and it's going to be okay. Why in the world <laughs> would someone want to resist that? Right? What What is that to which they're resisting? Hmm. Um, there can be a fear associated. Mm-hmm. Some of times it is just surrendering control mm-hmm. because God doesn't mm-hmm. always, as, as both of you may know, God doesn't always show the entire deck to you of what he'd <laughs> like you to do. It's just like, hey, just move that pencil, you know, two inches forward. <laughs> but but why? Where is it? Where's the pencil going? <laughs> Ultimately, where is it going? And so there's that, I don't know where I'm going and there's a fear with that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that resistance to, I know ultimately that, following God's will is good for me because God is a good father. But the resistance can be, I'm fearful of, I'm fearful of what he's asking me, mm-hmm. what he's going to ask of me. Um, and then that sometimes goes, goes back to what is my, my trust in God as father, which then may connect with my, my wounds with, with parental figures or authority mm-hmm. figures. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those wounds and things that Satan individually torments us with mm-hmm. come up in those yes moments mm. Um, mm. so yes we can know intellectually yes this is going to be the best thing for me but the will is weakened as as we know through through sin uh, so it's saying that yes is like yes no I don't want to say yes <laughs> I don't want it I don't want it <laughs> but then awesome. but then the remedy is Jesus grant me the grace of desiring mm to face this and say yes. Mm. Like it's even a step before the yes. It's like, I want to say yes. Give me that grace to say, to yeah. say yes. Yeah. It's sort of like in the, um, the litany of humility. I just had a conversation with somebody about this, that it's, you know, um, from the desire of being esteemed, good Lord, deliver me mm, from the yeah. desire of being loved, good Lord, deliver me. And I always read that as from being loved, good Lord, deliver me, you know, from being <laughs> esteemed, good Lord, deliver me. It's like, uh-huh. no, it's the desire. It's uh-huh. just the desire. If God, if I gift God my desires and ask him to make them what he wants them to be, then I might still be loved and esteemed and chosen first and all those things. I just won't care. It won't, mm-hmm. it won't weigh me yeah. down. I won't be afraid. You I'll just be, be like, oh, cool. I was chosen. I won't be dependent. Yep. Oh, cool. I was yep. chosen. Oh, cool. I wasn't like, it won't matter. I'll still be happy. And I think the same thing goes with what you're just saying of like asking God to give me the desire to do his will. Like then even if it's really hard, it won't matter as much because my desire will be there. I think we've all seen this with families who've gone through tragedy and they stay strong and they Mm. seem so peaceful and happy and Mm -hmm. prayerful and they find God in all of it. And we're all looking at them from the outside because we don't have the grace that they're getting for this situation. Mm. And we're going, this is horrible and it would kill me. And it's like, actually, no, if you were in that situation, God would give you the appropriate grace. You just Mm. have to respond. Mm -hmm. And these people are showing us that you can respond to grace and actually find joy and peace, even in the Mm -hmm. midst of really tragic scenarios. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because at the center we're rooted in Christ, who does who is not changing. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas all of the circumstances around us can be changing and storming, you know, the, right. the passage of the storm and Jesus is asleep in the boat. How is he able Love to do that? Because he is anchored. It's kind of an interesting <laughs> anchor in both. There you go. But it is. He's anchored in his trust of the Father. Mm. Right. So why should he matter what's swirling around him? And so for us, we have to ask, are, how rooted are we? How anchored are we in mm what God is doing in us, regardless of the circumstances around us. Mm-hmm. And we have the witness of the saints and the martyrs, especially, mm-hmm. I think, who can show us, yeah, you're going to take my life. Pfft, doesn't yeah. matter to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rooted in Christ. I'm going to see him even closer. Bring even it better, on. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And honestly, even the flip side, one of the things I was reading in the Read of God that I appreciated so much was she was pointing out that most of us actually for those of us who love our faith and, you know, try to be as hardcore about it as we can in our weak ways, uh, we actually would love to be martyred because it mm. sounds easier. Like it's just uh, a quick, uh-huh. here we go. I'm there for God and done. But to yep. get up every day for our families, to serve yeah. our our spouses, to get up for the crying baby, whatever those str- struggles are there, we don't really want to do that. And mm. that's the mm-hmm. cross God's asking us to carry. Yeah. That's the hard one. Like, we wouldn't be as quickly sanctified in martyrdom as we would be in this. Like this is actually yep. the most direct route to God for us, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like he's not yeah. sending me suffering because he needs me to suffer here. And I'm not even good at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, Oh no, you, you just, let's just focus on the baby steps here. I, I, no, yeah. I, I feel like he's like, nah, you want to do good as a martyr. So I'm going to go ahead and give you kids. <laughs> <laughs> so believe it's me. a slower, slower version. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's you wanted martyrdom. Okay, here you are, kids. Yeah. Yes. You want yes, to burn like uh, Saint whoever was burned on the on the stake. Saint yeah, okay. We're gonna Joan slow cook you. <laughs> <laughs> all of your all of your indulgences, all of your natural desires are just nope, we're gonna just picket away. those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what about you, Jake? Yeah. What about uh, resistance? How do you encounter resistance in in your clients and how do you work with resistance? Those that are resistant like adamantly and those that like are hesitant resistant. So let me answer you by going to kind of another direction here for a moment (laughs) as I, Hmm. as I do. Scenic route. Yes. (laughs) We need to have like, like road trip music when Jake starts talking. (laughs) Come on kids, let's go and take a trip. (laughs) (laughs) okay so resistance in therapy it depends what is actually happening or what what am i asking them to do there's each each counselor is is different and there's a beauty in that and there's there's goodness in that um it is a craft it isn't it is a science okay how i approach therapy is that Outside from learning the tools of how to, let's say, work through your emotions, we will eventually get to a place where there's gonna be, you're gonna be embarking on the unknown. Okay, um, okay, I, you know, for example, um, worked with a client who, let's say, uh, had a lot of self self hatred and self doubt. Okay. Do the I say preliminary, you know, the, the the beginning work of change your thoughts, you know, change your mindset. Okay, but there's always a reason that you think about those things, right? So you have like your thoughts, but then your belief systems that are that mm, cause those thoughts. Okay, where do those beliefs come from? 
a lot of times from the past, a lot of times in the here and now. Okay, they come from somewhere. So what do we have to do? Again, different approaches, different ways to doing it. My way of doing it is we need to go back to those places in time, and we need to re literally reconstruct the narrative, because the narrative,、mm-hmm. you know, because you're not born with the belief I'm worthless. That came from experiences.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a well learned.、Mm-hmm. That's a learned behavior and 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 belief. So and and in the science of emotions, that when things aren't processed, they stay. Your brain does not have the capability. Your emotional brain doesn't have that capability to timestamp that. Hey, you know、mm. that trauma. You know when you were six years old. Yeah, that was that was years ago. You don't have to worry about that.、Um, mm. You know that time when you lost a friend or a loved one. Yeah, that was back then. That's not happening now. But emotionally, we live in those real experiences as if you are living them again, if they're not processed. So we have to process them. We we have to go to those experiences and identify them, acknowledge them, process. Meaning, what what are you feeling, and how do we validate that emotion? Okay.、Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means, though? Right, and that's kind of the the, the emphasis is that like, we have to go where you do not want to go. And that is,、mm-hmm. go to、mm-hmm. those places where those beliefs b- began, okay?、Mm-hmm. Where you see yourself, that narrative change. We have to manually reconstruct a narrative,、mm-hmm. and you have to do that by validating, almost like if you've seen、um, uh, Inside Out, like creating another core memory, essentially.、Uh-huh. I love、yeah. that movie, and it's interesting because. <laughs> There's almost like these telltale signs that I pick up during session that indicates like we're onto something, like we're hitting resistance, so like we're we're hitting somewhere、mm-hmm. that's deep and raw, and we need to go there.、Um, it's it's <laughs> one of the one of the kind of like indicators is what I call、um, the the glass eye effect.、Um, is that、mm. when I notice in conversations where we're like we're, okay we're we're getting to a place of okay where is this coming from these belief systems and. They're telling me the narratives, and there's always storylines. Always like the, they identify these beliefs through the lens of story, which is why you, we got to change the narrative from that lens of story.、Mm-hmm. But I'm noticing as they when when they go through the story, and I notice like emotional affect change, meaning let's say again the glass eye effect is when the tears start to well and has like a glass look、mm-hmm. in their eyes before、mm-hmm. they share the tears. I'm like, that's where we got to go. You know, we got to tap into that. We got to go where the pain is because that's where the healing is going to be.、Mm-hmm. Which takes a little bit of effort.、Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there's a couple of levels of resistance. Even there's the resistance of、um, like、changing the actual thing that they're bringing, but then also the root cause of that resistance, as you see. What did you say? The glass eye, or, or the, there's something where you're there's tells that you're、yeah. seeing like, oh, that 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 hurts right there, and that's where、uh-huh. it's stemming from. We're going there.、Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't want it, Jake. <laughs> I don't want. I scared. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like that. I gotta say, I do love I I love tears in a session、oh, yeah. because that it's just that the why that makes you cry. You know. Do you know? So so. One of my favorite go to 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 again. We talk about the content. Talk, talk, talk. 
Notice an, an emotional effect, the, the glass eye. Great. Guess what? We'll go in there. What was said? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was how you looked at me. Or it was this what I said. Great. We're going. I don't want to go. Go. The, the, um, the exciting part is when, when they break open that, that resistance, you know, and you mm-hmm. can see just like the light click on, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, yeah. and that's why, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 And it's, I think something that sort of we've all three said in different ways in this conversation is that you know what you need, yeah. but sometimes mm-hmm. you need somebody else to help you open the door. And then all of a sudden it becomes so clear, like, oh, I know what God's saying. Oh, I know how I should be, you know, working in my marriage. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know Mm -hmm. how I need to treat this past trauma or this wound from, you know, this memory. Like as soon as someone else helps you kind of get to that point, you do the rest of the work. Yeah. Like, you know, I think for all three of us, we're, we're sort of just like, pointing at a path going like, yeah. that would be a good one. You should try that yeah. one. And then, and then you are the one who takes it and you're the one who figures it out. Like yeah. Yeah. we don't, you figure it out on your own with God and mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. yourself really. And sometimes even the identification of that path yeah. is, is that, is the help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just um, thinking of uh, another um, session with, with some directees and there was this kind of, beating around the bush about something mm. from them. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was something that needed to be specified and articulated and like named, mm. but that's part of the patience of being in, in <laughs> my realm is like, you got to wait for them to do it. So right. It's coming from them and it has more sticking power. Right. And so we were kind of talking about this vague thing. And then finally in the session, person was like, okay, okay, just, just to clarify, here's the thing. Ah, now we have <laughs> named it. Now we know the particular demon yes. that we're dealing with. Yes. Now we can actually talk about yeah. and get to a, a deeper root of, of healing for that particular thing. Not right. in the vagary that we've been kind right. of working with, there's an ownership. Now, here's a, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and they knew it and yeah. it was coming from them. And yeah. my role was to invite that. It is okay. You can share that here. This mm. is safe and this will help with the healing process. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm going to help you learn to be honest and open with yourself. And, yeah. and, and it's interesting because like you talk about tears, Liz, right? Oh my gosh, I get excited because the two <laughs> things that I, that I emphasize with my clients is A, when they start to cry and share tears, meaningful tears, right? Mm-hmm. I go to the questions. I want to get attuned. I want to tap into that emotion. So I ask them, if your tears had a voice, what would they say? Mm. Because it articulates not just the content of the what, it's my experience here's what's going on and i need to be mm-hmm. attuned i need to touch i need to be in contact with that um, mm-hmm. to really get after those beliefs and change and then the other part you know <laughs> i feel bad for my clients sometimes but i really do put them <laughs> in the in the ringer where i ask them you know i'm noticing okay the glass eye and then the tears come okay um i ask them you know like do i do i have a, your permission to push you Okay, mm, mm-hmm. and the, the boy look though at the beginning, at least the you mm-hmm. know the, the new clients. <laughs> what? <You push> me? <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I say I'm gonna. I notice that you're crying, and that's good. I'm gonna invite you to not wipe away your tears. Mm. When we wipe away our tears, we are 
choosing not to embrace the suffering. Mm. Victor mm. Frankl said, um, I'm going to butcher it, um, but he simply says <laughs> in, in his book, Man Switch for Meaning, uh, that man should not be ashamed of his tears for when he shares his tears, essentially, um, it proves that he's um, courageous, courageous to suffer. Mm. Mm. And essentially that's kind of it the goal right is i embrace my cross and i accept my suffering so that i find meaning and allow god to transform it into redemption to something more than i could ever imagine Mm. but i'm allowed to cry in that and that tear is what puts the meaning in the suffering so when you Mm. wipe away your tears you're taking away the meaning you're taking away the heart within that suffering um, so yeah, like the exposure to the suffering is real, but you have to learn how to embrace it. And, and that involves saying ouch and allowing yourself mm-hmm. to say ouch yeah. and let's begin. You know, it's funny. I had like multiple memories pop up as you were talking about that because um, I specifically remember one time I, this was like in college uh, and I had a friend who really wanted to go to a specific college and it didn't work out. And I remember holding her while she cried about it. And this one moment she had calmed down, but I guess she was still crying. And the way I had my arm around her, one of her tears fell on my forearm. And I remember just being so like, just having this, this concept of the sacred that I had some of my, my friend's interior life on my arm. Like I had, I had come in direct contact with her pain and it just, it was so, I don't know, awe inspiring, I guess in that moment, it just felt like a really sacred moment. But then fast forwarding, becoming a mom, comparing the way I cry with the way my children would cry when they were little. Hmm. And when little kids are really little, like, you know, under two, they're so honest with their emotions mm. and they stand mm. there and just weep and they don't try to wipe it away and they don't cover their faces. There's just this, yep. like, they're just weeping. And when I'm crying, I'm covering my face. Mm. I'm wiping my tears. Mm. I'm, I'm hugging a pillow. I'm holding my husband, whatever it is I'm hiding. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that even about sleeping, like babies, they sleep like all stretched out mm-hmm. and so just open and innocent. And as adults, we like hunch into like the fetal position, ironically, like on our sides, like we're all curled up and tight and it just, there's an innocence to mm-hmm. showing emotion. Yeah, there's yeah. just this, this vulnerability of like, I'm not going to hide this. This is me right now. And babies have it and we lost it. We started to protect ourselves somewhere along the yeah. line. Yeah. You know, so it's just interesting to think about that, the, yeah. the vulnerability of tears. Yeah. So, yeah. So what, what are our takeaways? I was, yeah, like, I was going to say, what are some, like, one practical <laughs> thing we can give our, our, our listeners? I was going to say our peeps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they can be our peeps. Our peeps. That's awesome. Um, some practical ways to embrace the resistance uh, and walk through it. Liz, we'll mm, go with you. That's good. Uh, my first, I want to use an analogy. Don't put, but don't push the snooze button. Um, mm. Just, just choose to take the next step forward, and it doesn't have to be well done, and it doesn't have to be perfectly done. Uh, just choose to trust, in the sense of if you're receiving help from somebody that, again, you have a trusting relationship with, like a spiritual director, or a counselor, or a coach. Trust that when you make a plan with them, 
it's okay to take the next step. You can believe that they know what they're talking about and that they're guiding you based on what you've said, not on what Mm -hmm. they think you should do, but on what you've said and what they've seen from their bird's eye view. So I think that would be the first thing. And the second thing is to just give give yourself permission to not move forward and to resist and be like, I'm going to choose this Mm. because you can Mm. live in both worlds Mm -hmm. for a minute just play and see which one feels better. Like Mm. today Mm. I'm a person who resists and I'm just going to resist my head off today. And then tomorrow I'm going to be a person who's open to change and I am going to take the first step, like play in both of those worlds and see which one works for you. Mm -hmm. Liz, just speaking fire. I I love it. it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So for uh, spiritual, from the spiritual direction perspective, uh, one is I would say, if you notice resistance or the fruits of resistance, uh, dig a little bit deeper. Why are you resistant? Identify what is the root of that resistance and mm. then bring that before the Lord. Lord, I'm resistant to this decision, what you've said, you, what you've revealed, or I'm not even sure why I'm having this. Bring that before the Lord. Yeah. Um, once you identify the resistance point, um, ask yourself, or maybe your spiritual director would ask you, do you desire that thing that you're resistant to? Do you desire a difference? Work with that. And then again, bring that before the Lord. I look, And then ask, Lord, I desire the grace, the gift of you to desire whatever it is I'm being resistant to. Mm. Uh, so taking that step back and, and saying, Lord, I, I want the desire even before I can have the thing. Give me the the desire to have the thing. I love that. Um, Give me the desire to have the desire to have the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have to keep going back... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How about you, Jake? Um, meet yourself where you're at. So don't beat yourself up for the for your resistance. Mm-hmm. God knows. You know. Your counselor, mm-hmm. spiritual director, and coach knows. It's okay. And the second thing is, this is physically, but also an analogy. Let your tears flow. Okay, you're allowed to say, ouch, you're allowed to cry. Okay, you're allowed to, you're allowed to hurt. Um, because it's, it's that allowance, that permission, um, that we, you will find that, that hope and transformation you, you have to go through to find, right? Um, and so, okay, and what that looked like, journal, write down how you, like what you're experiencing and sit with it and maybe, yeah, take it to God, take it to your, your spiritual director or your coach and, and, and counselor to unpack. But it's okay to resist. It's okay to cry. It's okay to suffer. Um, yeah. So so take that with what you will. Um, we <laughs> we really appreciate you guys listening um, in our conversations um, because we're passionate and we're passionate for you. Um, we're not, we want to do this if it wasn't for you guys. Um, we don't, yeah. Um, so if you like what we said today, uh, we just invite you to, um, subscribe and press, press the, the like, um, <laughs> you know, leave a comment, uh, here or there. I, I invite you guys to like share this with people you may know. Um, just because I think there's, there's value in, um, getting a perspective on three dimensions of, uh, the human experience of spirituality, um, coaching, um, and counseling. So, um, hopefully you all can benefit from that, you and your friends and family. So, uh, yeah. So tell us, tell people about us. 
awesome. Yeah. So thanks again for everyone for listening, um, and we look forward to uh, you guys listen to us next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.